You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. back to the Screening in Kingston podcast. It's Mike here as always, and this week's special co-host guest is Tyler Vance. Welcome back to the show, Tyler. Can't get rid of me yet. No, um, we're, people are going to get either really sick of all of our guests soon, or, or well, they'll pick their favorite ones, because it's going to be guests for a while, because uh, as we announced last week, Taylor has had her baby. She's Good. off on uh, her leave. And, um, yeah, we're, we're basically just going along with guest hosts each week. So you were generous enough to lend your time. So thank you for coming back. Oh, of course. I, I am always happy to. And uh, a big congratulations to Taylor. I, I was listening to the uh, Wakanda Forever episode actually this morning as when we were recording. Um, like, and uh, it just it brought a smile to my face, made me happy throughout the entire morning. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I, I also know a lot of our fans are probably wondering this week, hey, how come my congratulations didn't make it into the episode? Um, as I warned people last week, we are doing some recordings out of order and all over the place. So I do apologize that there aren't really going to be fan questions that are current this week, but please do keep writing in. I know people will write in their congratulations and uh, I will make sure they get read probably on next week's episode. Um, so Tyler, you and Andrew have just been having to represent everybody with your congratulations. So, um, it's a hefty that's, burden, but I with grace. Um, we do have some kind of fun fan questions today that I've been waiting to hold on to because they were in reaction to the last episode you did, Tyler. Uh-oh. Um, we had three, <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. And I thought I was going to forward them to you because they're, they're quite a little bit more spicier than normal. Um, but I thought it would be so much better to not tell you about it and just read it to you. Um, oh, the true, the true Taylor treatment going into these things, knowing nothing about what the question will be. I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't even call them questions more as comments and oh, suggestions. Fun. This is the first time that I've been yeah. on the other side of one of those. Yes. Uh, it's not, and I will say it's not just personally you, it's, it's sort of the combo of you and me. That oh, takes okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so I think it's very funny. And we are going to read those. So we are going to get to that today. And we've got a couple different movies to, to review. Um, I've got a couple movies that have come out in the last couple weeks that I haven't had a chance to review that I either saw a while ago or, or just very recently. Um, so I'm going to review um, See How They Run and Smile. And then you've got kind of a interesting documentary to review, Tyler, um, Fire of Love, which I've never heard of whatsoever. But you said it just came out on Disney Plus. Yeah, it was just recently released on Disney Plus. It was uh, had a limited theatrical run earlier in the year, I think sometime in the summer, perhaps. Um, but I, I didn't get a chance to watch it then. And as soon as it came up on Disney Plus, I was kind of like, this is the, the exact type of garbage that I am known to bring to the Screening in Kingston <laughs> brand. So I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Good. Well, that's actually kind of the theme of the, of the three fan comments is, is you breaking with tradition on last oh. time. Now, uh, just for context, I don't remember what we talked about um, last time you were on. I know it was kind of a, 
normal episode, but I don't remember what, what we were reviewing. Um, you were, you were reviewing uh, Amsterdam and okay. I, I was reviewing Barbarian. Barbarian. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, pretty. So, so it's it's funny how you say you're bringing your brand here because first fan question. This is anonymous, which I love when they're anonymous. <laughs> so this is this is anonymous. Stick to Star Trek, boys. Period. That's my favorite <laughs> comment we've ever gotten over our website. <laughs> Stick to Star Trek, boys. Period. Oh, I've been typecast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just really funny that here we are reviewing two movies that absolutely would normally get reviewed by screening in Kingston, for sure. And I and we received three different comments that are all along this theme about us breaking the mold of bringing you on the show, I guess. Yeah, so I guess I should um, take but... this as a compliment that people do like it when we talk about Star Trek. So that is nice to know. <laughs> There is a small but passionate audience for our Star Trek episodes. Yeah, that sounds like Star Trek um, and audience. This anonymous, for sure. small but yeah, passionate. Yeah, this anonymous person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This anonymous person really doesn't like that we were talking about other things. Fair, fair. Yeah. So there you go. That's from anonymous. Um, this next one comes from the uh, uh, f- our friend of the show, Chris, oh, yeah. uh, who yeah. writes in and uh, and says, "I was really, really disappointed." to turn on screening in Kingston this week and have Tyler Vance come on and not present garbage or Star Trek. I don't understand. I thought he had things that he liked. Why is he being forced to talk about things that are outside of what he wants to talk about? I don't think that's very fair. So <laughs> okay, do, just do, so do, Chris can put, put Chris at ease here, Tyler. Do we force do, you to do anything? No, no. To, to be fair, I, I contain multitudes. <laughs> you did I, not I, answer I, that. You did not answer that fast. <laughs> I, I can, no, I, no, I'm not no, being forced. Poor, no, it's like not, I am not under duress in any way, shape, or form. I am not blinking wildly right now to signal that someone needs to send help. I am, I am, You're not I, tapping Morse no, code, as, Morse you, code. As, you, as you talk. It's being held against my will. Against my will. Send help. Send yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, um, no. Yeah, I, you I can, can have, have multitudes to your movie watching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I am I mean, not a, a coin with two faces. I am more like at least yeah. a. I'd say I'm like at least a six sided die. I have at least six yeah. different passions. Um, and I think I think you've been wrongly painted into a corner here, where well, where I, because I of my comments, <laughs> that's true. That is true. You did present us with a lot of very unique films that yeah. we have i guess created a genre for you um <laughs> which i do appreciate i suppose yeah but i mean i would okay so i also i i haven't mentioned this but i watched barbarian since oh, you were cool here. yeah and i i quite enjoyed it um nice. and i can see the appeal and i do i do think it has tyler vancean elements to it but i would still describe it as more of a mainstream than, than a Tyler Vance movie. Like I think horror fans will enjoy it. I mm-hmm. think it's unique and different, but I don't think it's so crazy and out there that you want to like rip out your own hair while you're watching it. Yeah, like most Tyler Vance movies. Ex- well, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I feel like Barbarian was kind of in my wheelhouse, um, and and specifically because of those things I talked about about the interesting camera movements, about all that sort of stuff that is like very much more like to to use the term Tyler Vancean. Um, like I yeah, it's it's definitely not my usual brand of complete crazy garbage, but right, it it, the gar- it had it had a little bit of a waft of garbage to it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it was, I think, I mean, first of all, it was a very well done film. Yeah. Um, not that some of your choices aren't, but some of your choices do seem to be a little out there for the director. I feel like this was a very succinct vision and it was mm-hmm. very clear. Yes. What the yeah. director wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, it worked. Like, again, Tyler, Tyler Vance films, to me, run a bit of a spectrum, but always borderline becoming like an enemy or this really weird movie that nobody understands. But for yeah. some reason you love <laughs> yeah enemy boy in the world and under is like under the skin are the three movies that I, i've kind yes. of like crystallized in my head as like that is what that genre is <laughs> it is yes it is that like is the genre obnoxiously obscure and obnoxiously mm-hmm. opaque it's like in its ways yeah but for the record you chose to watch barbarian that was i did the, that was your movie choice no one made you do anything no so chris blink, blink, you can blink 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 rest blink, blink. <laughs> okay just let's let's move on there, Tyler. Maybe it's best if you don't speak, Tyler, unless you're spoken to. Maybe that'll be. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> okay, final one, and this one's also quite good. Um, it says, "Wow, what a treat! Getting a Tyler Vance episode of a regular episode of Screening in Kingston. That was interesting. Actually, I'm being very sarcastic. I think you guys should probably just stick back to your Star Trek talk." I don't really understand what was going on in this episode. I kept expecting it to be a joke. It wasn't a joke. (laughs) Now, (laughs) again, I don't think we tried to trick anyone at the beginning. I think we're like, hey, it's Screening at Kingston. And just like kept going. I don't understand why people are so upset that you didn't talk Star Trek. And here you are again to not talk Star Trek. No, here I stand so, once again. I didn't know that I was lining myself up for a firing squad, but it's like uh, when I yeah. when I showed up here. But apparently now, as I'm like watching the the bullets be loaded, I'm like, oh, this isn't oh. going to go well for me. <laughs> that's what we're doing. That that's what this kind of episode is. Yeah, I just think it's funny. Like I thought it was really funny when these came in, and you know our fans are passionate, but I just didn't think they care that much what, what we talked about. Yeah, did, did Andrew get any pushback for not talking, is like Marvel, the one he was on here? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, no, not that I know of. Um, but again, I will say, true to the form of Screaming Kingston, I think you and Andrew are now the only ones who's really broken the mold. Because even every time Nicole comes on, it's either TIFF-related or like a weird film. Because she did the, uh, the, the film stuff with us. And like Katie only comes on for talking about the movie clubs with the books. Um, and you know, Matt usually comes on in and around time of reel out and like award season, he'll come on and do stuff. So we do put people into boxes and yeah. you're just expanding your horizons and people don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I'm Daniel Radcliffe doing that edgy play on Broadway to try and not be Harry Potter anymore. <laughs> Equus? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's your reference. Equus is your reference. I was desperately trying a to naked find a horse reference. play. <laughs> I was trying to find a reference that was going to work, and I'm like, I just got to go for it. This is the only he's one that's a, coming to mind. He's attracted to horse. Do you know anything about that play? Because he's attracted I, to horses. Yeah, I that's do. <laughs> okay, you do. All right. I All stand right. by it. <laughs> there you go, people. You wanted weird Tyler Vance? There you go. He just said his life is Equus. Okay? We can just say there it <laughs> I is. I don't think that's exactly what I said. <laughs> no, whatever. It doesn't matter, because if, if I quote it, <laughs> then people take it verbatim. That's true. Uh... Um, so there you go. Th- that, those are our fan thoughts from your last episode. Um, Tyler, I'm allowing you this time to give an official response. So what do you think about all that? 
I I am happy to hear that people like when I talk about Star Trek. Um, and I will be talking about Star Trek again. Fear not. Much like when people do remakes of movies and people say you ruined my childhood. Nay, those things shall still exist. And there shall still be Star Trek talk. And I will still be involved with it. Um, but occasionally you got to branch out a little bit. You got to like tend to your garden, have a well-balanced breakfast. And as much as I do enjoy eating Reese's Puffs, sometimes you have to eat an apple. And so this was your apple screening in Kingston. Keep eating. Keep the doctor away. <laughs> That's well put. Very well said. I think that was a great response. Um, it's just, it is very funny how, how sometimes <laughs> people react to things. But, uh, but yes, I mean, never fear. Not that we want to re- reward this behavior, but we do have plans for another Star Trek episode later. So there will be another Star Trek episode. So don't worry about that, everybody. But today, it's a regular Screening in Kingston episode. Just get over it. Okay? <laughs> Taylor has a baby. <laughs> All right? <laughs> we can't just call up Taylor and be like, hey, can you uh, talk about movies? She would yell at us. <laughs> she, she would. Okay? She would yell very loudly and rightly so. Yeah, we... <laughs> I've, all, I've considered that. You know, I've considered calling her during a recording to just see, see if she one to see if she would pick up, and two just to see off the cusp if anything. But I bet she'd be so mad yeah. that it, I wouldn't be arable. Like we couldn't <laughs> keep it in the episode. That's what I think. Yeah, and wouldn't that be sad when you have to try to explain to the audience there will never be another episode of Screening in Kingston because Taylor just <laughs> yeah, burned it all yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor and I have seen eye to eye. It's on some things and then not on others. And now suddenly the series is done. We're done. Yeah. The podcast <laughs> is over. Um, yeah. So, well, thank you everybody for, for writing in. I was saving those uh, till I got you on the show again, Tyler. Um, so I'm sure fans, well, I don't know how much of it was serious. I don't know how much of it wasn't, uh, but thank you fans for writing in. Keep writing in. We're happy to take your comments and thoughts, especially when, the the fire of bullets, as you call it, Tyler, passes me. It just and, gets... <laughs> and goes to whoever my co-host is. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm in academia. I'm used to rejection. It's fine. <laughs> um, I did get. I mean, this was this was actually a while back. I did get a note. I completely forgot about it. I don't know if I can even find it um, right away. But uh, I do remember. I I have been accused of treating you poor. <laughs> a fan thinks i treat you poorly so oh i've, I I've taken your uh i i feel like your uh kind of adversarial nature towards people is a way that you show is like that you care so i i i, I appreciate it i guess so yeah <laughs> if if i care if i care that would be the way i would show that i care absolutely right, right. i agree with that I, i'm not 100 percent sure i do but you're right that would be the yeah, way. like so you might as well just say yeah all right it's care at the very least it's a 50 50 like as opposed to if you're being really nice to me you'd be like well okay clearly he, he just hates me not good. Yeah, yeah not good if i'm 100 percent nice to you that is real bad news yeah <laughs> so um but but just a reminder to everyone send in your fan questions screeningkingston at gmail.com go on our website screeningkingston.com i do apologize that things will be out of order for a couple weeks rest assured if you write in i will get you on the episode so don't worry about that um one more quick piece of housekeeping before we uh dive into the show proper and many fans uh tune out, us out i guess um we we want to give a shout out to cfrc there's two kind of cool things going on at cfrc um one 
they are still in the middle of their annual funding drive. So they're raising money to support this station. And of course, uh, Tyler, as we've talked about earlier, and you know this, they turned 100. Yeah. CFRC turned 100 years old. Can you believe that? That's That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah that's, it's pretty impressive. Um, so right now on CFRC.ca, you can go and donate to their funding drive. There's a bunch of perks and prizes and fun stuff that you get for donating, which is always great. Like they've got new merchandise. They've been doing giveaways on their social media. But go to CFRC.ca to get all the information. And that's their annual funding drive. And if you're a Queen student, because we know we have some Queen student listeners and we're on, obviously, at CFRC, don't forget to vote yes for CFRC on uh, the A on the AMS referendum coming up the 14th and 15th. So the, you you vote yes to keep CFRC in there, which gives some great funding from the university going right towards the radio station. So two great ways to ensure that CFRC sticks around for another hundred years. Nice. Go donate, and if you're a Queen student, just vote yes. That's all you got to do. All right, um, let's dive into this episode. We've got three movies to talk about, um, and then uh, maybe a little bit of fun stuff at the end. I'm going to probably give you another quiz, Tyler. Uh, oh, no. That's what we like to do. Well, that's what we do now. At the end of every episode, I quiz people. <laughs> that's it's just the, the way it is. It's what you signed doing. up for. <laughs> it's just, yes, one like that's just the way it is. I can't stop that, just like I can't stop the sun from rising. Um, so, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about smile first. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's obviously getting, we're getting, uh, far past Halloween season now, but I've been meaning to come back and review this. You almost saw this, didn't you? I was this close and it's a very, very close, uh, as I, I was, and I literally went to go see Barbarian instead of smile because Mm -hmm. smile was newer and I figured I'd get a chance to see it in theaters again. while Barbarian was almost like it was on its way out at the time. Yeah. And Smile is still in theaters right now. I know, it's doing so well. It's doing very, very well. It has, uh, as they call in the industry, it has legs Mm. um, as it continues. Um, So Smile is uh, a a horror film that is about a very, like, bizarre, traumatic event happens in front of this doctor. And she basically starts seeing people with creepy smiles all over the place. Um, we saw trailers for this. Uh, I don't know if you saw some of the viral marketing that was being done. Yeah, I think we talked about it last time I was on the, uh, the people standing at the games with just the creepiest yep. smiles on their face. Yep. Uh, pretty effective. Uh, pretty scary stuff. And, uh, this is, this is that movie. Um, and, and I have to say it definitely had some of the more like jumpy, frightening moments in a horror film that I've seen in a while. Um, I, I thought Barbarian was very like atmospherically very unsettling and there were a few moments, but for the most part, I just found the whole thing like thrilling. Whereas Mm -hmm. Smile, I think Smile was more about the mystery, Mm. which I wasn't anticipating. So there were still some jump scares and still some frightening moments, but it was really about this doctor trying to solve this mystery and trying to go through it, which is... It kind of had like an like I, from the trailers. It kind of had like a vibe of kind of like the ring. The idea of like you have this mystery of like what's going on. You have a certain deadline to figure something out before this thing comes for you. Kind of like a mixture of like the ring and it follows. 
Yeah, yeah. I would say that that's very that's a very good comparison, um, and it has very much that feel to it. There's really the thing about this movie is it's very small. Mm. Like it, it very is isolated in this person's experience, and obviously she's trying to figure out like what's going on. So that kind of brings it in, but it's such a very small contained movie that all the horror and all the thrilling moments and all the sort of tension, it's very small and isolated, which can make, which can make great horror because it's not too lavish. It's not too out there. It's very sort of succinct and succinct, um, which I thought was really well done. Um, I had kind of some issues with the end, but they're very minor issues. And it's hard to explain without obviously going into too much spoilers, which I don't want to do, even though this has been out for a bit. But one of the things that I found really difficult is so all the creepy smile, right? Done perfectly by every single member of the cast who had to do it at whatever point. Because you're not, this is one of those movies where you're not sure what's real and what's in someone's head. Oh, I love and that's the whole yeah like that's the whole thing of the movie like what what's real and what is like in this person's brain and head and whatever so you see the smile kind of all over the place and almost everyone has to do it one particular cast member um when they when when she did the smile it 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 didn't it didn't work oh and it like like this is gonna sound really weird but it's also like a compliment like it was it was way too pretty (laughs) and i was like what you're just smiling normally (laughs) like it was just it honestly it took me right out of the movie at the wrong time and i know that that's like somewhat subjective and a little specific but i don't see how you can with anyone can look at that smile and be like well that like and, and not think that's very pleasant Cause that's all I was thinking. I'm like, Oh, that's not creepy at all. Like she just, I don't think she could do it. Like she tried and it didn't work and it was very weird. And I'm, I, I know that's such a little thing, but at the wrong moment, it took me out of the movie completely. Yeah, it's really a shame when a person is just like, like it's not necessarily that they're doing a bad job per se but it's just something you can't really control like you can't 100 percent control what your face does no and that's the thing i'm sure she got direction that was very clear i'm sure they tried a bunch of different things and it just it just didn't work and it it made it, it was at such a crucial moment that you know it sucks that this movie did such a good job of building tension and such a good job of creating this like creepy very strong visual that's hard to get out of your brain but then when a really important moment comes and someone has to do that for this really important big moment it doesn't work and it falls kind of on its face which took me out of the movie which kind of really sucks was that like the the major problem was it that specific thing with the ending or is it like was it more than just just this one person it would really suck if the movie was great and then this one person is just like the weak card that just brought the whole castle down yeah like that's that's the unfortunate uh, i think the ending was okay it was a little you know a little somewhat stereotypical of horror movies but i i felt the movie was sticking the landing and this particular individual I'm talking about, again, it would be a spoiler to explain who it is. They did a great job throughout the movie. 
So it's hmm. not like they were a weak link ever. Right. And I know it's such a dumb little thing. It's like, oh, well, one thing they did ruined it. But it's so important because this movie is about a visual. And the visual is this creepy smile that sort of takes over a person that indicates that this thing is present. And to not be able to do that in a very important moment, I think does hurt hurt the film overall. Because it, it just, it made me go, but like, that's like, that's the thing. Like I literally sat there thinking, well, I wouldn't be creeped out by that. That's a very pretty smile. Thank you for smiling at me. Like that was it. <laughs> like I had like I had, I had like nothing. I had no feelings of of fright whatsoever. And then the rest of the movie. Then when the movie ended, I was like, okay, well, that was that was kind of a a miss. <laughs> it just didn't oh. <laughs> didn't hit for me. Uh, which which kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, again, the movie held tension throughout it very well. Um, a big shout out to the main cast. They all did very well, including I think Kevin Bacon's daughter. Oh, is is the lead? Um, really? And she, you know, she's plays the doctor, and she does a very good job. Um, uh, Cal Penn is in it randomly, mm. um, and it was a very solid cast. The performances were very well done. The mystery was interesting, um, but again, I, you know, I felt. I felt it's hard when a landing doesn't stick for you to give something a rating and to know how you feel about something. Because yeah. in all honesty, I was enjoying it quite a bit. And now at the end, I'm kind of like, hmm, well, oh. the, the the movie still ended and I, and I like the way it ended. And on paper, I think that that's good. I just felt that that really crucial moment never really stuck for me as much as it, it probably was supposed to. If that so the, does that actually push it from being a, a see it to a stream it? That's that's been the debate. That's been what I've been thinking about since seeing this movie. Is where where do I want to rank this movie? And and it's it's so hard because I think the film was so good otherwise, and I do see why people keep going to the theater. I understand why this has been something that has stayed in the theater for weeks and weeks and weeks because it's it's fun, like it's a fun horror movie, but not in a cheesy way. It's yeah. interesting, but doesn't take it itself too, too seriously. And it kind of reminds me of like uh, M. Night Shyamalan at his absolute best, mm. where the music is working really well. The mystery is unique. There isn't really like a twist, so to speak. There's just uncovering the mystery as you go. But the use of music was so good. The use of cinematography was so good. The use of silence and nothing was so well done. Um, I... I think I have to still give this movie a see it, even though I kind of laughed out loud at the ending because I, because I was just so, because it's supposed to be so scary. And all I was thinking of is in that moment, I'd be like, Oh, that's nice. Like what a nice smile. That is what a nice smile. Like what you have beautiful teeth. Like, what do you want me to say? Like it's, there's literally, I don't even feel remotely threatened right now. Um, but I, I still think I have to give it a see it, um, as, as hard, as hard as it is going to be to get kind of past that ending. Maybe not everybody will, will look at that in the same way I did. Cause I know a lot of people really do like this movie. Um, and it was very well done by a director that I don't know if they've ever done anything or done much, but this, this movie worked for me. In, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I, I've got to give Smile a see it. I think it's something that you could definitely get a group together, 
watch it at Halloween and really enjoy yourself. And I could understand in a theater atmosphere why this would be very creepy and why it would work. Similar to Barbarian, where I think there's the silent moments work in a theater space really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But of course, does this movie have a surprise Justin Long halfway through? No, just Cal Penn. Um, um, well, it's pretty close. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, if you can't get Justin Long, get Cal Penn. Uh, no, no Justin Long in there, um, which was, yeah, that was, oh, I got to tell you, I don't want to talk too much about Barbarian, but that was quite the switch in tone out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I was, even though you kind of warned me about it, I still wasn't expecting it. Like, <laughs> was you can't prepare like, yourself what? for it. <laughs> I thought I thought I sat on the remote and changed the channel because <laughs> I, I I didn't watch it in the theaters. I watched it on Disney Plus when it came because mm. I think it came out on Disney Plus like maybe a week or two after we did that episode. Yeah, like, very it soon. wasn't that long. Yeah, very soon after. And I I thought I I honestly for a second was like, wait, did I sit on the remote and change? Like, did I did I do something? Because this seems <laughs> out of place. Um, uh, yeah, I had a similar thought of like, are they, do they, are they playing the wrong reel? What was it? Wait a sec. They don't have reels anymore. What, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, everything's digital reels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it definitely, yeah, that was definitely an interesting movie and I'm, and I'm glad I watched it. Um, I was a little, I was, I, I think I wanted more out of what was going on than, mm-hmm. than what I got, but what I liked was the theme of the movie and not necessarily like the messages, but what they were trying to say with everything. And I liked how that was well done. You know, it was like, you know, don't, don't scream it. Just say it. If you want to say something, say it with some subtlety. And -hmm. I thought the movie did a good job of like saying a lot of things um, with, with some subtlety, which, which was good. Um, And things that I wasn't expecting happening. So yeah. Barbarian. See it. See it. Well, now the, now the question is, when I go and watch Smile, I'm going to be watching every person who does the creepy smile. I'm going to be thinking, now, was it this person that Mike didn't like? Or was it this person that Mike didn't I, like? I, I, think, I think you might get it. Actually. Okay. I mean, I guess it depends. Because this does, you know, this do, it's such a in the eye of the beholder thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, some someone can look at someone smiling and be like, "That's not like a nice smile," and other people can look at it and be like, "Wow, that's a really pretty nice smile." Like you can yeah. you can have different opinions on that type of stuff, but I just think from a standpoint of a big film fan who watches a lot of movies, I feel like you will be taken out of it like I was because it goes against the grain of what you've seen. Mm, yeah. Like I feel you and I are the type of film watchers who get in in bell like into the movie we're like in it and we're really focused on it so you see these minute details and i i think you might know right when it happens all right well i will watch it at some point and if i am taken out of the movie by an absurd smile at one point you will be the first one to know good good you let me know um (laughs) but otherwise it was a pretty good movie i think horror fans will like it so there you go it's a smile is a see it for me um, okay, Tyler, uh, fire of love. What the heck is this thing? <laughs> yeah. So fire of love is actually a documentary about this married duo of, uh, volcanologists who studied. Active now volcanoes. they don't study Vulcans. Yeah. Okay. No, no, Just they study as a, yeah, very active, incredibly active volcanoes up close and personal is kind of what okay. they're about. Um, okay. 
And then they were also filmmakers because they would record all of their um, their adventures up to volcanoes and whatnot. And so all of the movie is made up almost entirely of archival footage that they actually shot. Um, and it's not a spoiler because it's right in the beginning of the movie. And I think people should know this going in, that this is a movie about these two people who have passed away doing this thing. They have, it's like they, you are watching oh. archival footage of these people knowing the entire time it's like that eventually this thing that you're watching them do leads to their death mm-hmm. it's like um it's like a, at some okay. point so um, yeah can you can you give a, a sense of the time frame here like how many years and where does this kind of span so i think they died in the early to mid 90s um and mm-hmm. so it's kind of tracking the like a uh, thir- uh, 20 to 30 years like up until that point so it's like starts from when they met is like to becoming is like volcanologist and then starts actually looking at different um kind of different tours they did of this volcano and this volcano and tracking how they kind of changed mm. from being interested in what they call red volcanoes which are the like lava flowing oozing seeping volcanoes that look very dangerous but aren't as dangerous because you can usually predict where the lava is going to go as opposed to gray volcanoes which are the ones that are constantly just spewing out like gas and will eventually explode in an eruption and is like and they're the the deadly ones the ones that you don't really know and so it kind of tracks Mm. throughout their like their fascination with the gray volcano kind of increasing and the ominous feeling you get knowing that that's what's going to eventually lead to their demise oh man that's that's such a that's that adds a whole new layer to watching that when you know that they're they're basically going to their death essentially yeah it's it's what i've kind of started to term um icarus existence cinema it's like it's there's these documentaries Mm. about people who are basically doing some crazy thing and like flying too close to the sun as it were um and sometimes you know that they're going to die sometimes you know that they're not but they're still doing it um examples of this would be like free solo that movie about uh alex honnold the guy that climbs mountains without rope Um, yeah or grizzly man the uh, Werner herzog film about the guy that lived with grizzly bears for a good chunk of his life until what eventually you think would happen happened when you live with grizzly bears for too long um there are all these interesting movies about people who decide that they want to live on the edge in a way that just like, it seems crazy. And when you first well, like walk into one of these movies, there's like three questions you're kind of asking. The first one is just kind of like, why, like, why would you do this? <laughs> and then, yeah, as they start to answer that question a little bit more, you start to think, okay, like, well, so what exactly is it that you're getting out of this? What is it? What part of you is enjoying this thing? And then the third question they usually ask is like, is there a part of me that's like that? Is there something in me mm. that is drawn to the same like uh, feeling? Are it's like and the best versions of these movies, which I think this one is an example, are basically able to make the case that the choices these people made in order to live like this, while infuriating and crazy, and like what are you doing? There is some sort of weird subtle beauty to it that draws you in as a viewer. And you can't like volcanoes are an amazing like spiritual image. Like you can't help but look at volcano eruptions, at lava flowing, at all these different things, and not be mesmerized by it. Um, and so it isn't too hard of a stretch to think, yeah, I could see how two people could dedicate their life to this, and as they keep on being more and more successful, make more and more risks and take more and more chances, and how that would eventually catch up with them. Do you think, like when so? 
do you think that enhances your experience though? Like watching a movie where yes, they're there, you know, they're kind of going to their death essentially. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that ever like, for, I'm talking about you personally, not yeah. like the universal you like do, do, when you watch it, do you go, yeah, there's a part of me that could see there's an element that I have that, that relates to this, or does it take you out being like, wow, these people are crazy. Cause I could see some people thinking that being like, yeah. no, these people are just insane. Right. Like I, I could see some people thinking that, but where, where would you say you fall on that spectrum of like being part of, Oh, I do have something I'm so passionate about mm-hmm. that I would, you know, live on the edge, so to speak. Yeah. I think I've, it's really more of a case by case for me. Like there are some movies where I've been able to like completely give myself over to the idea of like what they're doing is truly fascinating and the images they're capturing are moving is like, and I could understand devoting your life to this in some way. I think this movie and free solo are examples of that. Um, This movie, especially because like the footage that they actually took of gray volcanoes changed the way that governments dealt with volcano evacuations Mm. is like, and so like their work actually what had real world impact Um, as opposed to a movie like grizzly man, where this person is just kind of clearly slightly delusional and has decided to do this thing that's dangerous. And worst, he brings people into this outside from the outside world. And then eventually like that is like that backfires in terrible ways. My, uh, my partner, she absolutely hates these kind of movies. She gets angry Mm -hmm. by them because she thinks that these people are taking unnecessary risks and they're like Mm -hmm. ruining the lives of the people who care about them. And I completely understand that. I completely get it. But there is something, I guess, a part of me that I can't really get over that's kind of like once you have this infection of an idea, like this is the way to live. You can imagine that these people can't physically can't do anything else and be fulfilled. Um, And so I I leave room for that in my interpretation of these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, to extremes, um, it's kind of like anything else, but to the extreme. Because, you know, there are certain things and elements of life that all people, I feel, figure out that they can't live without mm-hmm. yeah. um i mean I, I know for me the pandemic taught me that there's a lot i can live without actually <laughs> yeah where turns that out. i thought like yeah it turns out there are things that i thought i needed that i i didn't need as as much but then there are other things that w- without you know without star trek for example and movies and digital media and and tv shows i don't think i would have made it through the pandemic Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would have gone nuts because yep. there there wasn't that thing. And that's one thing that I discovered. Well, as long as I have, you know, this type of entertainment, I will be satisfied. And I need that more than I need a single food that I can name, for example. Yeah. Yeah. But there wasn't anything where I'm like, oh, now I'm craving this or missing this. Meh. Like, I can live with whatever. It was more the entertainment side. So to the extreme, it's kind of like that. They They couldn't live without it. Without yeah. doing that, without seeing it, without being a part of it, that some people feel that way about animals. Mm-hmm. Um, some people feel that way about like studying. You know, there's people who spend their lives living with gorillas. Yeah. Um, there's the two people who train that tiger. Oh, yeah. Who died? Remember yeah, that? yeah, that didn't go well. Yeah, it's that didn't it, go well either. <laughs> no, no, it's it is interesting. I, I I definitely agree that the pandemic showcased for me the things that I could and couldn't live without. Um, mm-hmm. As a, and uh, and it's interesting to think of it in that way for sure. I there's you see for a less extreme version of this kind of movie there was a documentary that played at the screening room like two years ago called the world before your feet 
which was about mm. a man who decided he wanted to walk every single street in the like six boroughs of New York City. So he was going to walk down every single street like uh, it's like in the whole thing. And it would take him years like he's been doing it for almost like for over a decade. Mm. And it became such an obsession for him that like he, ba- he effectively doesn't like hold. He made a bunch of money when he was younger and he just doesn't hold a natural job anymore. He couch surfs right. between friends and then like in the area he's wanting to walk. Um, and similarly to all these other movies, you start out going like, what are you even doing? Like, what is your life? Why yeah. are you like this? And then throughout the course of it, you do like kind of gain an appreciation for what he's seen, how, what he's lived with the people he's talked to, the kind of interesting aspect of a life lived this way without any of the other trappings. Um, and it's just it, I, I love that kind of recognition is like this slowly like you're being incepted into kind of like going from thinking, oh, these people are these people are just completely crazy to effectively thinking to yourself, oh, actually, um, maybe uh Maybe, maybe, maybe they got something going on here. <laughs> yeah, or at least coming to a, a level of understanding where yeah. where you could at least see to an element how they got to that point. I do yeah. think some people, um, I do think some people will never understand to that point. Like you're saying, maybe your partner is someone who just is never going to understand that particular way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there's maybe there's something else in life that would connect a little bit stronger on a less extreme level. Um, And then obviously amplifying that would be the only way to do it. But again, for some people, you can't amplify things. Like for Mm -hmm. some people, certain things in life will never be as serious. Like uh, for you and I, and to go back to the fans. So just so we mentioned Star Trek as much as we can, so no one gets mad. (laughs) There are people who do care so much less about Star Trek than you and I. Uh, But when something bad happens or something... That's where we're in the world, yeah. But when something <laughs> happens that we don't like, it does, you know, we've seen that it, that there's, we've talked about our emotion when Leonard Nimoy died. Yep. We've talked about our anger when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Other people might look at that and be like, what is your problem? But for us, that's what's important. Yep. And I think for some people, it becomes an extreme where you can't quite understand the same level. People can understand fandom, but they might not be able to understand sort of an obsession like that yeah. with volcanoes. Which it's like a, a weird idea that effectively all value that humanity places on things is arbitrary. Like it, you place value in things that have value to you. And generally mm-hmm. we all have kind of agreed on some things. Some things we all kind of agree have value. And it's very strange when you find a person who is kind of, their value system is so far removed from what is considered the norm. Um and in those like mm-hmm. kind of instances, you like when your kind of assumptions of what has value, what doesn't, are confronted by this person who has very strong beliefs in a different area, uh, you kind of have to do a little bit of soul searching. And that's the thing I like about these documentaries yeah. is that they force you to kind of look inward. Yeah, um, it's true. And and you're describing also what I like about documentaries is when it does make you look inside a little mm-hmm. bit and, and question and talk and think. Um, so what would you what would you give this film? In, in our in our rating system like for me it's a hundred percent a see it I, it's only an hour and a half and i think it's uh some, got some of the most beautiful images in it um also some of the most terrifying images um mm. and also at the same time just this very interesting story about two people who have very different value sets but their value sets somehow overlap and intertwine and they create them for themselves this little cloister of like to them they make sense they make so much sense mm. in terms of what they're doing 
and then the rest of the world is just a little bit confused um there yeah. is some problems with it like there is like a, the narration that happens throughout it can be a little contrived at times a little like artificial and it's like um but at the same time like what's happening on screen is is just is uh you have to see it to believe it sometimes yeah and what what more could you ask from a documentary like no, if you've exactly. got the strong visuals like that's what you want you want to be mesmerized and, and drawn in which mm -hmm. it sounds like it did and short and sweet I like that. Yeah. I like a nice, concise movie. <laughs> more 90-minute movies, please. <laughs> yes, more 90-minute movies. Um, so there you go. Uh, check that out on, uh, you said Disney Plus? Disney Plus, yeah. Is where it just stayed, please? Okay, there mm -hmm. you go. Disney Plus. Um, you can People can go check it out. Let us know uh, if you watch Fire of Love and uh, see what you think. Um, so the last movie we're going to talk about is uh, See How They Run. Um, that's that's a film that, that I had a chance to see. Um, it just came to the screening room, um, and it just came to to some other independent theaters. It's also one that's I think is on streaming now. It's had a little bit of legs. It kind of came out end of summer, early September. Um, this is this is a fascinating little movie. Oh really? Um, so yeah. Th so it's, it's it's really interesting because so it's basically a spoof on the mousetrap. Mm. Um, where there, the performance of the mousetrap is being done. I think it's in the 1950s in London and a member of the sort of production staff is murdered. Um, and an investigator comes to investigate, which is kind of what happens in the mousetrap. Um, and it's basically a spoof on like that Agatha Christie mystery kind of uh, movie play type of thing. Um, and Sam Rockwell plays the investigator and he has Saoirse Ronan with him as this constable who doesn't really know how to do anything. Um, this like <laughs> young constable constable in her like Irish accent, oh, which oh, makes it so that's much so funnier. good. I was like, I, I'm so sad that she almost never gets to play with her regular accent because it's such a fun accent. It's her full accent. She's an Irish young constable. And he is a, I, I think Sam Rockwell is playing like a, a, a British, kind of a, a British uh, detective, but he's drunk almost the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a drunk Sam Rockwell and you've got Saoirse Ronan being Irish and that's your movie. And it sounds like a recipe for around. fun. <laughs> it is. And it's just, it's a fun movie. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's not super serious. It's a little all over the place at times. Um, I don't think it's the most like concise, clear movie that I've ever seen, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a lot of fun. If you like murder mysteries and you like that kind of style of like a little bit overdone, a little bit spoofy, a little bit over the top, this movie is for you. You'll, cool. you'll really enjoy it because they both knock it out of the park. There's a lot of a lot of people actually um, in this movie who you recognize, like David Oyolo is in it. Oh yeah, Adrian Brody is in it, um, and everyone like the cast is really good. Like everybody has kind of cool, interesting moments. It really does follow Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell. Like they are the ones um, who who kind of go around doing things, and it's a very interesting dynamic because she's eager to please, writes everything down eager to, to, you know, kind of jumps the gun a little bit on things and is a little bit too, too eager to please and too eager to do things right. And he's drunk um, or hungover or like almost drunk. 
And sometimes you can't understand what he says. And then because her accent is so thick, you can't really understand what she says. And it's just a mumbled mess, but it's funny. And it's done in a funny way where they're just sort of mumbling mm. at each other. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very good in that way. So I, I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did. Mm. Um, and I thought that it was, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, again, it's not super tight. It's a little all over the place. Um, things kind of jump back and forth a bit. The directing style is like this weird mix of, at times I swore it was in a Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. with the like long frame shots with someone in the middle and like the color of the background. And then other times it turns into this weird split screen where on one side of the screen, we're kind of showing what's happening in the past. And on the other side of the screen, the people are reacting to hearing the story from the past. And it's a little all over the place. Um, it's like, this is a first time director from what I can see done, done of some TV, um, in Europe, but not much else. Um, so it seems like they were kind of borrowing from a lot of styles. Um, and I thought it didn't always work. Like it was kind of a jumbled mess at times. Uh, there were, there are three or four shots that I could have sworn are Wes Anderson shots. <laughs> okay. Just well, that's look. neat like out of a Wes Anderson movie. Like it's just, it was very strange, but without the like, obviously quirky dialogue and, and quirky kind of comedic timing and stuff. It just looked very strange. Um, but overall it, it was a lot more fun than I, than I expected it would be like, it's, it's one of those movies that if you're just going to sit back and relax and watch a movie, you're not going to be disappointed with something like this. And so then I didn't see this movie because like the same reason I didn't see Amsterdam because they were both kind of like overlapping in my head is like um, mm-hmm. and sometimes when there's mm-hmm. like a lot of movies out that kind of have a similar feel, I just for some reason kind of like avoid it entirely and think I'll catch them later. Um, yeah. Was this similar to Amsterdam? And if so, was was this superior? Did you enjoy this more? I would say that Amsterdam felt more like a, a drama with some comedic moment that didn't really like hit for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this felt more like a satirical comedy that was a little bit messy, but I would say the entertainment value was a little bit greater okay, because cool. the ride was more enjoyable. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like the story isn't as interesting as Amsterdam's, but the ride was to get there was more exciting. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I do have a, a soft spot for those kind of movies that are like, you know, they're messy. They don't really work, but they're just so like there's these spikes of just pure enjoyment that you they're just like undeniable. You can't help but have a good time. Yeah. And I, I think this is the type of movie that, you know, unlike Amsterdam, which had for whatever reason, it has like a award expectation and buzz around it. And then when it comes out, everyone's disappointed. Yeah. I think this is a movie that like kind of flows under the radar and people discover it as like a hidden gem, Mm. even though the two films might be somewhat similar. And I might even like, again, in like a scoring system, I might point, I might score them similarly with, with see how they run a little bit better, but not by, but not by that much, but because of what's around the movie and because of the type of movie it is, I think it's just fun. And the movie, I think just, didn't want to be anything else other than fun. Whereas I think Amsterdam wanted to be more than it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, the disparity between expectation and reality can sometimes really sink a movie, even if it's actually like similar quality to another one mm-hmm. that doesn't have that disparity. Yeah, and and again, I think, like I said with Amsterdam, when you have really strong actors who are really good at their job, they can elevate anything. Yeah. And I, and I do think the acting in Amsterdam elevated that movie. And see how they run. If it wasn't such an amazing performance from Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell, this movie wouldn't work. Right, yeah at all so i think sometimes we also seem to undervalue that mm-hmm. where the right person can really knock something out of the park and can make it work cool. um so see how they run for me you know I'm, I'm giving it a stream it because i don't think it didn't do everything i wanted it to 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 really get to see it because it was a bit jumbled i did find some of the like cinematic choices and some of the music choices and lane choices were a little odd like i think they were trying to be quirky and it didn't really land for me. Um, so for me, it's it's a, it's a stream it. But this would be kind of the perfect movie to say to someone, hey, you want to just watch something fun for a Saturday afternoon or a weekend movie and you want something light and enjoyable, see how they run is something that I think you, you would enjoy. Nice. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Um, okay. We only have a few minutes left and I want to get to the quiz. Okay. This is really important. So you know how this works, Tyler? We've done this before. Three questions. They're mm-hmm. random. They're out of this weird movie trivia thing. My goal is go. to get one. <laughs> Your goal is to get one. That's what you got last time. So That's what let's I got last time. Try to get two. Um, question number one. Which movie pairs Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson? Mm. They were in a movie together, you say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were only in one, and this is the answer. <laughs> um... I have no idea. So I'm going to go with uh, Notting Hill. (laughs) Uh, No, Conspiracy Theory. Oh, fun. In Kill Bill, Mm -hmm. what is the name of the gang the bride fights? Oh, the... Is it the Crazy Eights? Okay, I'm going to give this to you, but it's Crazy 88. Okay. But I'm going to give that to you because you pretty much knew it. I'm technically correct. The best technically, way to be correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Final question. Which secret agent tries to foil a plot by evil mastermind Pascal Savage? Pascal Savage. A secret agent, eh? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that it's the lead character from Get Smart. Um, no clue what his, that his name is, though. Steve Carell's character in Get Smart. <laughs> uh so close johnny english oh missed it by that much yeah but yeah that's like that is that like get smart and the johnny english movies they're that close like you you were right in the same genre i feel bad that you just missed that one i'm gonna say that i improved because i was actually somewhat close with two as opposed to last time where i got one of them right on a complete guess and the other two i had no idea (laughs) yeah yeah this is the weirdest like it's the weirdest assembly of questions which i think is like most like things oh this is from the 2000s this is from the this one is just like a random thing which i think is funny to to force people to uh to answer those questions um tyler it was great having you as always um i i'm really thankful to have you here and happy that you came on even if we didn't talk about star trek so don't let our fans get you down because I think it's always delightful to uh, to have you here. So thank you for for joining me this week. Absolutely, anytime. Uh, regardless if public opinion sways with me or not, 
I will be here. I think people overall like you. They voted you their favorite host before. I think there might have just been some strange expectation that we talked Star Trek last time. Yeah, you know, it's it's fair. I, I do like to give the people what they want. But as I said, sometimes the people don't know what they need. <laughs> well, and, and uh, they must not follow us on social media because I always promote what we're talking about. I don't think I've ever lied. <laughs> Where I've been like, we're talking about this this week. Ha, it's Star Trek. Like, I don't think I've ever done that. So I don't, I don't think you've intentionally lied. Thinking. I think there have been times where Taylor told you she was going to watch something and then she watched something completely different instead. And so then you had to come back and say, jokes, we're doing this instead. Yep, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally, that has absolutely happened. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Tyler, uh, for, for coming on board. Um, we'll have a new episode, everybody, next week. Again, definitely get your fan questions in. I promise we will get to them when we can, when time uh, permits. In the meantime, as Taylor says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.